Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Are you looking for relentless performance for your firearms? If so, Riptide Armory is the ultimate destination for superior gun cleaning and protection. Riptide Armory offers American-made, innovative products out of Arvada, Colorado. Whether it's the delicate finish of a collectible or the rugged exterior of a tactical weapon, you can clean without risk of damage. Visit RiptideArmory.com and discover the difference true quality can make for your firearms. Riptide Armory, a veteran-founded business. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What is happening, all my woods people? We are here in a cabin, hanging out in New Mexico, trying to kill a turkey. And we might have actually got one already, KC. Tyler. Don't let the turkey out of the bag here. That gummit <laughs> might have, y'all. Might have. Uh, we're out hunting a bunch of public ground and having a good time hanging out. It's a uh, big crew of dudes. We've had some uh, – This is today has been quite the day. Michael has had a good 24-hour period here. Um, and there's been a lot of things that have gone on that are scary um, and that are also uh, fun We've had some good food. We ate part of that turkey. We did. We actually did a a, a Steve Ranella recipe. Well, so, uh, a with a good spin-off. Yeah. It has a spin. It's a spin. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's the. It's the southern version of and Steve's I mean, recipe. one could say it's Steve. You know, uh, predating upon our heritage. That's exactly right. You know, with the southern predator. flavors. That's Dead right. Dead predator. <laughs> you calling him a, a good hunter, huh? Uh, uh, so good reader, at least. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I am. I've been wearing the first light trace stuff all week, and mm-hmm. I like it more every day. That's right. I think we talked about it last week. We I, say this stuff even off air, guys. So you know, if yep. you're Worried about this being an ad for First Light or whatever it is, but that's right. uh, at the same time, like we do like it. Absolutely, um, do. the so. uh, it is cold in the morning, so you want to have more. Than, oh yeah, <laughs> more yeah. than the trace. It's, you know, this is <laughs> desert country. You know, so you're going to be cold in the mornings and hot in the evenings. But yep. I've been full trace camo stuff, and it's been Dude, it worked good enough to to have birds in real close. The, the leg zippers are actually really nice. They are, man. Vent vent that stuff out. Man. That's right, man. That's right. Vent it out. Vet it out. <laughs> when in doubt, vent it out. <laughs> vet it out, vent it out. <laughs> Listen, y'all, the 
Buck Truck episode number two is out. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you haven't seen it, you can go to the Meteor Channel. All this Buck Truck stuff we're going to talk about in the next several weeks. That is that's going out on Meteor Channel. Unfortunately, we can't put it out on the Element Channel. I know you guys are, you know, it's a, it's two clicks of the mouse instead of one. I know it's a big deal, but make sure you go over there, check it out. We're going to talk about the story of South Dakota, which is episode two of the Buck Truck. And we're going to go into the same kind of format as we did with Nebraska, where we talk about some of the struggles we had, how we overcame these things, the past years we might have had in these areas, and how that all plays into the certain situation that we got ourselves into. So with that, uh, we'll just go ahead and get into this. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the hardest things for us in South Dakota in the past, KC, was finding, like, shooter bucks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, we couldn't, like, finding, finding deer is not a hard problem. Finding respectable bucks, bucks I guess you, I might say. Well, because I who's respecting them. I like to kind of shoot small deer sometimes. Um, and Love some people, don't, I guess that's a shooter for me, but some people don't call that a shooter. Um, We've been talking about how fun it'd be to shoot uh, mule deer does out here. Oh dude. man, you know, uh, you remember how Chris Brackett you shoot them balloons and it was cool. <laughs> and you shoot them through a piece of PVC pop. Yeah, that's what you're doing here, shooting balloons, but they're mule deer does. Mom, Brennan, they're big, <laughs> <laughs> big old does, right? I mean, that's right, and man. it's cool to shoot stuff, man. It's fun. Yeah, dude. But yeah, the the point you're making is finding shooter bucks, finding nice mature deer, and honestly, South Dakota is a state. That uh, has a lot of deer, and some areas have a lot of whitetails, and some areas don't, and some areas are in between. And if you venture too far into part of it, you might end up in a spot where you know you're not really finding uh, the deer that you're looking for. Yeah, too much. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, in in uh, especially the first year we went in 2020, uh, we struggled with a couple things. We we saw a, we did see shooter bucks first night or, mm-hmm. a, or at least one shooter buck first night from you know 14 miles away or whatever but <laughs> we did see one and it was a whitetail but you you know we did struggle to find whitetails the first year um so at times and you know we had you have a it's a deer tag which is it's crazy that we're supposed to be managing with biological you know reasons in mind right um but Whoa. we just have a deer uh-huh. tag is this saying something, Casey? Is they are well, they saying that whitetails and mule deer are the same thing? Be careful, Tyler, because what you're starting to say <laughs> is that you don't agree with the science. You're going to be called a science non-believer. That's not the case. A non-scientologist. You, you just want to practice good science. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. Not faulty science. That's right. That's right. So, so what is the what's the good science? Well, here? good science would be to manage according to a species' needs in both habitat. Mm-hmm. And food and hunting pressure and all this. So are we going to say that this is getting back on this? Right? Let's go. Are mule deer and whitetail the same species? I know. That's where <laughs> I'm getting to. So uh, if not, then we need to manage them differently. That's right. And that would mean you would need to get a tag for either or for one or the other. Mm-hmm. So if you put a bunch of largemouth into a river with a bunch of smallmouth mm-hmm. and all the largemouth started eating all the smallmouth and your largemouth start thriving... Do you, should you just continue to keep the bass regulations that you can just keep any black bass when those smallmouth were there endemically? And, I mean, you know, that there's just all these different, you know, you, you run into these different issues with, should we, should we say, okay, well, you can keep 10 bass, black bass, and then next thing you know, we've got a very, very hard-suffering 
uh, smallmouth bass population. If you ha- if you see that happening, maybe you should say, "Well, nobody can keep smallmouth bass." Ooh, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. We could limit the methods for the smallmouth bass. Good. You know, it's really easy to take a thirty out six and shoot a smallmouth bass from two hundred yards. Or mm-hmm. wait, what am I talking about here? I know. Um, but uh, you know, say if you will, you have to use you know artificial only on ten pound test or lower. Mm-hmm. You know, or something like that. You know, it would limit how many smallmouth bass you could. There are ways to do it, but either way, <laughs> did you know you we were going to rage would, on this podcast? You I didn't know we were going to rage. You <laughs> would want to manage with smallmouth bass in mind, not just that's bass right. in general. That's right. right. That's right, man. So yes, exactly. So, anyway, there's some there's some uh, good food for thought there. Some people will understand what we're saying. Some people will be lost, and I'm sorry if you are. So let's get back on track here. Um, we decided that year that we wanted to. We've always loved whitetails, and mm-hmm. so we've always wanted to hunt whitetails where we, wherever we go. If a mule deer steps out there and we got a tag for it, we're probably shooting it if it's Absolutely. pretty Absolutely. You know what I mean? But, like, I'm trying to hunt whitetails. And so uh, we did move the next year, but, you know, that year we, we'll get back to a little bit more and tell some stories from that year. But that year we saw the same things happening that we've had to kind of overcome over the last – couple of years we've been there three years now uh back to back to back years and uh one thing that we have seen mainly the last two years that has been tough is sickness and i don't know what it is but it is like maybe it's traveling 16 18 15 hours whatever it is to get there in a car in one day and eating junky food and maybe that's been a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I know in 21, COVID was really a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I can say that on this podcast. But uh, <laughs> apparently it's over now. I don't know if you knew that. At legitimately, legit. according to the super-duper legit government we have, it's over. My friend also said that uh, NASA confirms the sun is being hot, too. So there's some that? pretty good stuff coming out right it's now. It's funny to bring up NASA because I don't believe what they say either. But that's a different deal. <laughs> okay. I'll so. be seeing them wires and them videos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we you got COVID mm-hmm. pretty much right before we left. And we're dealing with it on the way up. And then I pretty much got it from you most likely while we were there. That's and, my second time getting it. Yeah, me too. We always I just had it for my fourth. We time. always give it back and forth, and I haven't got it this go around. So hopefully, hopefully I'm all right. Yeah. But um, yeah, that puts a damper. And then I don't feel like there's some other sickness stuff that's been dealt with too. That's not just uh, you. About near died on that first that 2021 trip. There was one time I woke up in the middle of the night and was like asphyxiated, or whatever the word would be. Like I could not breathe through my mouth or my nose, uh, and had to like, you know. Pretty Bulk much, hole. yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just a uh, hey, knife, tracheotomy in there. Yeah, um, Eric was real freaked out. I bet. Um, you know, uh, so yes, um, sleeping there was weird altogether. But yeah. um, the sickness thing has always been a problem, and I think that we've tried to kind of address that a little bit just by trying to be a little healthier. Yeah, and and, and also, if you get sick while you're camping, it's it's a it's a little bit harder than if you got like. Mm-hmm. A restroom and oh, not air stuff. You know? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it is nice. So what we thought this year is that we would we would kind of fix that sleeping situation, which is is something that we've talked about in in the Nebraska Buck Truck podcast as well. And the sickness situation. If we got sick, then 
we would be in a, a decent place. So oh, Greg got a migraine while we were there. That's pretty bad the first night. I kind of remember that. It's almost like that's a thing. Yeah, he gets them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, so uh, that's another thing, which is kind of tough to address. But um, having a for Greg having a place with a coffee maker uh, helps <laughs> with yeah, that. Yeah, know? for sure. And and speaking of uh, food and drink, that's another thing that we've had to kind of overcome because this. The first year you and I went, I guess we scoped it out for like eight people, mm-hmm. apparently, because uh, the next year we went back. It was just you and me and a camera guy the first year, mm-hmm. um, and he camera guy filmed me shoot a buck, and you shoot a buck on the same – well, he, he didn't film you shoot a buck, but he filmed me shoot a buck, and you sort shot of. a buck on the same – Y'all were at distance and could see what was going on Yeah, with me. but I filmed it. Oh, good. Um, go. but, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, – but it was a really – it was an awesome night, and we had a great time, all, all of us did. Yeah. We actually slept really well on that trip. Uh, I slept as good as I have in a long time. There's, we were in a you know very remote place, and it was super – just there's no wind, which was weird, and it was just beautiful and quiet, man. And I slept super good. Best I've ever slept in a tent by far. Um, but you know, feeding the next year we came back, we had did we have seven, six or seven dudes, and then this year we had do we have seven this year, maybe? Uh, um, the we lost the core to, five, we lost to Michael to Tony, that's right, and uh, gained a hunter and a Chris. Yeah. So that would be seven. Yeah. So we had a bunch of dudes in camp, and when, and when you talk about feeding them, you know, one thing that's nice when you when you hunt a lot is you have a lot of ground meat mm-hmm. and eating burritos. And you talked about this, mm-hmm. but eating burritos is not a bad thing, man. No, man. I mean, that tortilla is the worst thing on that deal. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just packing that thing full of stuff that's good for you. Yeah. And you know, um, I think the first year that we went to South Dakota, we were just dead broke. And so we were probably eating a lot of sandwiches and stuff, and mm-hmm. that was fine, sandwiches and chips. Um, then this past year, we tried to cook a little bit, but we camped, or, or say, I guess 21. We camped a lot and cooked. I remember you and Hunter making a pretty good breakfast for us at one yeah, point in time. Was... We found some bacon that was unsalted. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> but, yep. uh, you know, I like otherwise. the salt. Yeah, and on that trip, too, when I was recovering from, from COVID, man, I got to give my – my boy Hunter a shout out on that deal um he also is slow moving in the mornings but it's not because of the COVID it's just because of the short legs I think and he just doesn't he likes to get a slow roll mm-hmm. which so him and I were pretty good pairing um on that trip and, and you he, know what y'all invented by doing that honey coffee the buck truck the buck truck that is the buck truck that's right that's right and then here we are here we are here we are buck trucking um but um Hunter brought me some honey coffee one morning, mm. and it made me feel a lot better. Thanks, so, Hunter. Yeah, I know. Oh, nice and guy. Then, um, the buck truck loaded up some bucks. So y'all kind of got to moving real slow in the mornings, uh-huh. and instead of hunting because y'all are, you're hanging with a guy who likes to watch them, and you're you're also sick, and y'all are moving slow in the morning. Y'all are driving around during some pretty prime time finding bucks. Mm-hmm. And y'all are like started calling it the buck truck, right? That's right. And it carried through that. Well, season. there was a scouting day where our truck went one way and your truck went a different way, and we won the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and then that's how it was officially started with the buck. Eric, were you? Eric's not on the podcast. Sorry. Were Were you with us when we saw that big mule deer buck? And we we're like, somebody was with us. Maybe Chris is in the back seat, and uh, Chris was with us. Somebody was in the truck with uh, us. 
It would have been uh, old Chadwick Rice. Chadwick Rice was there. That's yep. right. That's right. I, he came from a different direction, so the counting was different there. Mm-hmm. But, yes, we probably had seven that year, too, then, mm-hmm. with Chad Camp. Um, and so, uh, we uh, that mule deer is the one that kind of got the buck. It's funny enough, because the buck truck's such a whitetail thing. That's right. But it was a mule deer that, that started it. Well, he's, buck truck has still seen a lot of whitetails. That's right. It might see a few yeah. mule deer coming up. Who knows? Yeah, you, know? you never know. And buck truck is more of a metaphor, you know. That's right. <laughs> it's That's like exactly to shoot right. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. The the you can see that we've spent some time there. We've got a bunch of different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we we ended up this year. We went um, to to South Dakota and met our good friend Tony Peterson. Yeah, and we we might have alluded to that just a second ago. But uh, Tony is the kind of the the water dude. Um, he's hunted and killed a lot of bucks over water. So we we thought, man, it'd be good good thing to go with him. And we had a massive drought last summer. And so this this was kind of our plan going in, but um, you know we we ended up not really we didn't have a whole lot to do with water. We scouted a lot. I, I guess it's weird, but uh, where I ended up getting my shot was at a water hole, but to a deer that wasn't going to the water hole. There's a there's an interesting concept to this, and I'd like to explore it further. Mm-hmm. But do we want to talk about that hunt, or do we want to talk about some stuff before that? Well, let's just go back to the beginning. How okay. About? Let's talk about 2020 a little bit. Um, you know, we spent – we actually, like I talked about, we didn't have a ton of deer located, and we drove around a bunch like we do. <laughs> we located some deer the first night. We came back to them. We kept trying to, trying to find a way to hunt them, mm-hmm. and the wind just never was right. It was the weirdest thing, but for like four days straight, it was like – we needed a north in the evening or something, or mm-hmm. a south in the evening, and we had a north. Yeah. And then it would flip around to a south in the morning, and we needed a north. This is where I kind of um, began my thought of, like, how I want to have a A through F plan mm-hmm. of, of places to go. Yeah. Um, because we just had one spot, yeah. and everything else was a guess. Yeah. And, and whenever you're in that situation, and you're far from home... And you feel like you could be at the house building something and making money or whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel real bad because you're you're not really being very efficient. Sure. And you're not using your time well, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. We and just I spun know our wheels for like four days. Yeah. And that's the – that well, we, we, we drove so much on that trip. Oh, man. I remember like having like – about near bed sores yeah. from driving so yeah. much. We, I remember we our six hours a day. would take two naps – Without getting out of the truck, yeah, I go sleep, wake up, and go back to sleep again. Did you nap? No, not once. Me neither. That's, That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's a cameraman thing. That I think. is. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, we we ended up only having like one good spot, like he's saying, and it was it was we didn't have wind, and so we thought, well, let's not go bust this up because it's the only thing we got. Mm-hmm. So we waited, and it was literally the sixth day of the trip before we could go in on a good wind. But when we went in. We felt good, mm-hmm. right? I was it like, was hype I, I mean, I pretty we we called the shot. I mean, oh, yeah. we were like, we're fixing to go and kill deer. Like yeah. we said it on video, you know. We went in, and uh, you were hunting ground. I was hunting in a tree, and we got we didn't even get. I got like halfway up the tree before a buck had already come by mm-hmm. in the in that early afternoon, and then we get in the tree. It's not long, and I, I hear a buck coming, and I see him. And it's a one and a half year old seven point 
But at that time, I was like, dude, this is cool. Hard trip. We're out in a cool place, hard trip. I'm going to shoot a buck because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of them around. And I'm going to take this meat home and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I I ate every bit of, a bit of the meat. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy it. And, yeah. and so that's what I went up there to do. There's a bunch of people that, are, you know, want to clown on that. But, dude, we're 17 hours from home. I'm taking a buck home. I yeah. spent way more than any of these residents yeah, to absolutely. take this buck. You know? And it means something to you. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got a euro money. mount of that little tiny deer, Yeah, he's dude. cool, man. We look spent at him all the time. 75 bucks on a euro <laughs> mount, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was cool. So. Anyway, I shoot that deer. And it, so, not to go on and on about that, but I think that there's a lot of people that understand where we're coming from on this. Mm-hmm. And for the ones that don't, uh, I'm not shooting that deer on a place that is a heavily managed place. You know, they, they all hold their own. You draw own, Iowa tag this yeah. year, you ain't going up there to shoot no. that deer. And I, I'm going to let that dude walk on December 31st of yep. the bow season. You know, but in South Dakota, on a fun trip, Fling an era. Yeah. You know? It's like you can put on country music and it just sit in the background. Or you can put on rock and roll and actually turn it up and listen to it. You know what I mean? So, I don't. But <laughs> I, people will understand. Okay, good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You don't understand? There's people that don't understand why we're shooting one and a half year olds. You know what I mean? That's right. Anyway, uh, shot that deer. I hit him good. 30-yard shot. Had a, had a heavy arrow, uh, two-blade broadhead. And it, you know, went through. I actually found the arrow in China the next year on a mission trip. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty cool to find at that point. Uh, but anyway, this deer disappeared, but he looked like he was hit good. And um, so we get down, take all our stuff down. We're walking up out this drainage, which is the same direction he went. And I see him on the way out in the bottom of the drainage. And I was like, heck yeah, this is awesome, you know. And uh, so we just sit up top and wait on KC. And I can see him like several hundred yards away. And your setup, talk, talk about your setup and what happened. My setup was, it's like one of those places that you don't really like to hunt, but it's a killing spot. I can only see like 50 or 60 yards any direction. Uh, it's kind of in a little bowl, and there was a, just a little plum thicket in there. And I set up in that plum thicket, and then deer would like pop up on the way to food. So I was just sitting in there kind of waiting. And uh, We had seen a big buck go right past that plum yes, thicket. Right? And we, we spent a lot of time on the maps. Uh, figuring that out too mm. like zooming way in on onyx seeing what plum thicket was where and where the trail might be and all that kind of stuff i remember like really di- diving into that deep and we like worked it all out mm. and sure enough it worked out i had does come by and like and here's the deal the trail is not right by the bush it's mm. like 50 or 60 yards um and which is sad uh <laughs> out in like foot grass yeah or like, taller even it's it, that some of that grass is pretty tall yeah and um there, a small bachelor group comes by, and then uh, kind of like at sunset, it's starting to get a little dark. A big buck comes out, and I'm thinking, okay, this deer is not going to give me a shot if I don't do something about it. So on October 6th, I bust this out the my six, yeah, I guess it was. Sixth, yeah, bust out my grunt call, and sure enough, he's like turns his head, looks, and comes over to check it out, starts trying to get downwind of me. But gives me an opportunity. Deer, He's big, dude. Big old brow tines. Yeah. Like, I was, like, <clears throat> stoked. Mainframe A with big brow tines. Shooting a 100 and, or, sorry, shooting a 545 grain arrow at about 258 feet per second. Just a killing machine, right? 
Just a two-blade broadhead on the front of that thing. Sharp as a tack. Sharp. Maybe one of the sharpest ones out there. Paper-cutting son of a gun. (laughs) And shot that thing in the shoulder. Got about an inch of penetration. How far was he when you shot him? I would say that that deer was somewhere around 23 yards. So close enough that your arrow should be. It was close enough that I didn't range him. Yeah, you know, from what I, from what I remember, it's been kind of long, but I don't remember ranging. You know, I didn't have, to, I couldn't range that deer because he was like looking at me the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so shooting what the, happened? The old I'm shooting the old pass through setup, and do not get anywhere near that because sometimes you hit deer in places that it just isn't going to kill them. Where do you think you hit him? In the knuckle. In the knuckle? In the knuckle. I think I hit him in the knuckle. It's uh, You can kind of watch it, uh, you know, on you slow-mo. Actually, on YouTube, it's on there, I think. Yeah, um, the, the video's on YouTube. It's and called Two Bucks in One Night or something like it's that. It's also the last scene in our season intro from, like, all our 2021 stuff, I think. Uh, it's like the intro, you know, for mm-hmm. 30 seconds, and then the last scene is that slow motion shot. Yeah, and you get I get about no penetration. As soon as the arrow gets there, you can just see it go, you know. Just because it stops, and uh, we uh, don't go look for the deer that night. Look around for blood a little bit. Don't find any. Wait until the next morning. I'm stressing out. Probably most have ever stressed out about any of this kind of stuff, just because I wanted that deer bad. Um, and uh, go down and do a stomp out, trying to find him. Grid searching and end up bumping him, uh, and he ran off like super healthy. Um, so he's. He lived to see another day with a heavy arrow setup, which, from what I understand, is impossible. But I saw it. So you think you hit the knuckle or the ridge of the shoulder blade? I don't know. Does so it look like a ridge? It, I thought we had uh, assumed it hit the ridge. I yep. don't know. But um, It's hard to say. He wheels out. Yeah. We're, uh, we're actually kind of watching this right now. And... Yeah. Anyway, it's not it's not super important, but it, it hits the deer in what looks to be a pretty good spot, and then all of a sudden the arrow is like flinging around. Like yeah, two I foot thought out it smoked him. him. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. self filming, and it's all happening in real time. Yeah, and he's broadside, twenty yards. I think I smoked him shooting a capable setup and quality arrow, arrow, quality broadhead that's super sharp, mm-hmm. two blade, heavy, and it doesn't kill him. So yeah. we're making a point here. So yeah, as you can't, if you can't tell, keep following, right? Yeah. Um, so that happened. We we had to go home. Uh, we decided immediately we we're going to go back, and then we ended up finding a different kind of a different region to go to, and mm-hmm. thought, oh, let's go try this. Yeah. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. Comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. 
See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Lately, I've been telling you guys about Land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land can be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. It was very a very wet year um, that year in 2021. In fact, it was wet while we were there. Yeah, it was very wet. We rained a bunch on us. We we camped and stuff like that. So we um, we ended up killing three deer on that trip. Long story short, mm-hmm. um, day let's see October 4th, which is Eric Gentry's birthday. Um, we I killed a nice ten point that was just so fat, right? That's uh, where we started talking about pillow deer. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he was just munching willows in this thicket going back to bedding. Was he a willow um, pillow? He was a willow pillow. Um, and he was going back to bedding in the, in the morning and uh, came right through. Was, man, it was, it was one of my, you know, sometimes, most of the time you, you, you have these, like, ideas. And you go in and your setup doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. This was one of those times when I was like, Dad, gum it, I nailed this as good as I've ever nailed it. You sure enough did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, Eric, this was Eric's first uh, first deer to video being shot. And um, 
It's a little out of focus. <laughs> you can tell but, that it's uh, his first one. But he, he did a good he, job. We freaked out in the tree and had a good time. It was his birthday. We went and celebrated and bought him every hostess treat we could find at the convenience store. That, I think we explained it. Never mind. I can't. I can't harp on him that hard, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I can. You know why? Because we love Eric, and, and he's gotten. He's like the best. Yeah. Now, okay. But yeah. Uh, that day we had to explain to him that uh, deer actually weren't fuzzy because he sees them fuzzy. <laughs> but there's actually, they're actually very very crisp to most of them. <laughs> they have fine hairs, <laughs> don't right. they? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you know, I, and just to take another chance to take take a and throw this point together. Um, I actually shot a big broadhead that is mechanical, expandable, flapper-like, oh, no. whatever you might you call said the it. Word. And that deer ran like 20 yards and died. Mm-hmm. He died inside a bow range from mm-hmm. most fellas, right? Yeah. Where'd you hit that deer? I hit him a little bit back and a little bit high, but double lung. Mm-hmm. I didn't hit him in the shoulder. Yeah. So we're building um, a point but there, I mean, too, I mean, by he, the way. I, I, I double lunged him, but it's like, it was probably five inches from the the crease you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's it a good shot but uh yeah so it didn't hit the shoulder right um then hunter shoots a deer uh straight like if you could just put a cross here from top to bottom <laughs> and left to right in the middle that's where he shot the deer is the most middle part part of the body i've ever seen maybe mm-hmm. with uh expandable and two blade expandable two blade expandable killed it well, it took a while. It took a while, but that, he killed it. He did. He didn't, he didn't hit any lung either. Yeah, he did kill it. So, but it was sketchy. It was sketchy, but he killed it mm. because he put a big old broadhead but through I, the liver. The, I think the point here, what we're getting at though, is that that was not where you want to hit one. No, and any broadhead would have killed a deer there, but who knows where you find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we continue on. I filmed now. him yeah. kill that. It was a. It's crispy. It's pretty crispy. <laughs> it's the most crispy one of the three <laughs> kills from that year, for sure, uh, or from that that trip. And then uh, KC finds a way to get it done last minute, right? It was uh, kind of wild. I kind of got over COVID almost and went hunting. COVID. Uh, yeah. And uh, you and Hunter actually had been in this place a day or two before. And he shot a deer that morning, so it cleared it up for me to go in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw one of the bucks that y'all saw the night before. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of the most insane encounters of my, <clears throat> excuse me, of my deer hunting. And uh, I, uh, I kind of almost forget about that because I've gotten to do a good amount of hunting and had some, a lot of fun. But uh, that deer came to like five yards and then circled me <laughs> and smelled me and then ran out. And got curious again, and then walked back in at like 37, and I smoked him and hit him exactly where you want to hit a deer in the crease. And if you, shot an expandable with that one as well. Uh, where'd you shoot him? Where'd you, where'd you hit him after you gutted him? Uh, I center punched the heart. There was, uh, how wide are those things? Two and a quarter or something like that? Yeah, I think yeah. something like that. And uh, there was meat on all sides. Like, there, there was no nickage to the heart. It was mm-hmm. like through the middle of yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. Which, by the way, if we if we want to deep dive into some of the uh, anatomical stuff, I would rather hit a deer in the lungs than the, than the Me heart. Me too. Me too. It's cool when you hit them in the heart. Yeah. But they die a lot faster in the lungs. Yeah. Um, that video is on the Element Channel. It's called, if you search Perfect Shot, you'll probably find it. Um, I searched South Element, South Dakota, and found it pretty quick. Um, but it's a cool video. And you killed that deer by hitting him behind the shoulder 
in the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So that's what happened in 21. And then we end up going back in 22 and meeting our buddy, uh, Tony Peterson. It's a fully different, completely different situation. Absolute drought from absolute like rainforest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Weird, man. Yeah. Like anywhere, anything we knew about the year before went away. Yeah. It's because like, the, I mean, and that was proof in the first couple of days. We spent the first couple of days and we were looking at all bunch of stuff that we had seen uh, the year before that was good, mm-hmm. and none of it was good. Mm-hmm. We had to completely relocate and find different stuff. Mm-hmm. It was not fun to do. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> and that's the thing is, South Dakota for us has always been like, uh, oh, this is just so much fun, and it was a ton of work. This yeah, year. it was. Um, I ended up the first spot that I relocated to. Uh, was good, mm. and I found I found a big buck, and there was actually I would call it a buck hole because there was more than one big buck in there, um, but I only found one the first evening, and had a hypothesis that uh, the deer went to water because he's going away from food, and there were two deer that were coming towards food that evening in the opposite direction, and so I just thought, well, he's probably going to water, and I could I could look at the map and figure that there was water there. I didn't know for sure, in the kind of the bottom of the straw. So Eric and I uh, go the next morning and look at this place from a different angle, and we see a buck, and we bet him. And I'm like, I'm about to kill this dude. This is, I mean, this is, I'm feeling good about this. We, we sit there, and we dial everything, dude. I'm through, looking through spot and scopes, and I'm just like, okay, there's that tree. I'm pretty sure that's where that buck went the night before. So that's where the water would probably be if there's a hole in there and there's some water in there. And here's where the buck is. I got it all mapped up. I'm taking screenshots, taking screenshots th- or pictures through the spot and scope and stuff. And we leave out, go get lunch, get back in there pretty early. I think a big, a big key point to make is that this was a very difficult entry. Um, it was super, super thick to get in there at first. And it doesn't really look like it too much on the video because uh, we're it's so thick that we're not even able to video hardly mm-hmm. in there. We're just like squeezing through stuff, right? So, <clears throat> And also, if you drew, drew out everything that actually took a long time on a video, then it would be kind of boring. Four hours. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, people would watch it, but maybe not everybody. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, we... We get in there. I yeah, get set yeah. Up. I get, get in there. <laughs> I get set up, and um, the um, I'm going in to get set up. We we dip down into the bottom. It's hot, hot, and I find the tree that I had marked, and it is like a bad <clears throat> leaning willow, and willows just do that a lot of times. They just turn. They just lean over real bad. But it's right. I mean, it's the only tree I can make work and get the shots that I need to because I need to get shots up to the top of this creek where like the flat is, mm-hmm. and also down to the bottom because there's a major trail coming into this water source. And you can see it if you watch the video here in a little bit after you listen to this podcast. Um, there's a there's a crazy trail, and I'm sure there was like a beaver in there or something too. But it was a good trail coming down the down the creek to this like deep hole in the creek where there was the only place holding water. And uh, I set up right next to it. It would have been an eight-yard shot to the other side of the water hole probably. I mean, it was close. And then it's like 10 yards to a trail that, like, comes down the edge of this creek, and then there's another trail out there that's probably like 25 or something maybe. Well, we're sitting there. It was really loud getting up in this willow too because they Mm -hmm. have this weird bark that that makes a lot of noise putting sticks on it and stuff. I get up in there, and I'm basically having to, like, stand on my left foot and kind of push against my left foot the whole time to keep myself in shooting position. I could relax, but I wouldn't be in shooting position if I did that, and I'm afraid to uh, not to relax and then try to get into shooting position because the bark creaks 
when I do yeah. that. So I'm just in a constant state of just stay still. It's getting, you know, the wind is starting to get lighter and stuff. This doe comes out. I won't make the story forever, but this doe comes out, walks down the trail right next to, you know, uh, right on top of the creek, basically, and doesn't get water. She comes right past, this is like 10 yards. There's willows everywhere, little bitty ones. <clears throat> and she gets, our wind is kind of blowing at like, say like a 45 the closest place that she is on the trail when she comes, she's coming past us, 45 degrees past that, um, if I'm looking, or maybe a little less, is um, where she would pick up our wind, and she did, and picks up our wind. I'm thinking at that point, what I thought is if a deer came by us first and picks up our wind there, it's just going to run on and go all the way up towards ag, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she gets our wind, gets weird, and runs right back across our face and into, you know, where that buck is pretty much. And I'm like, man, that probably messed the whole thing up. And it wasn't, it wasn't 10 minutes. I don't think later. And I'm, I'm just keeping my eyes back looking, you know, and I see a horn flash through the willows back in there. And I'm like, Hey, there's a buck coming. Get ready. So Eric kind of gets the camera ready. Finally finds a buck, gets on him and he's coming. He's close already. Like he's probably like 40, 50 yards when he gets the footage on him and he's just on a straight walk. And he walks down, and it's so thick that he's, like, having to move his antlers through the brush and stuff, right? And he gets he gets here. I get drawn when he's, like, at 30 walking towards me, and then he kind of pans out and goes parallel or perpendicular to me. And he gets broadside, and he's so close and it's so quiet that I don't feel like I can grunt stop him. And so I'm like, well, it's, t- it's like 10, 12 yards. You know, it's nothing. And I'm just going to I'm gonna shoot him. And so I'm following him, and he's so close that the, the sight picture of my sight – his shoulder fully fills pretty much like there. And so I lose track through the willows of his shoulder. And when I pull the trigger, I feel like this is done deal and it hits him. And I, I'm shocked where it hits him because it's not where I thought I was aiming and it hits him on the point of the shoulder, you know? So it looks like it would have been heart if it was back, you mm-hmm. know, probably four or five inches, maybe six inches, whatever. But it hits him on the point of the shoulder, and same thing as what KC's buck is on that video, if you've watched it. Arrow's hanging out two foot, you know, when it when he takes off. And I knew immediately. I was like, it's ain't no chance, dude. I mean, I barely have a chance that this deer is going to dead. So long story short, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it for you. Uh, we don't end up finding a dead deer. So frustrating yeah. experience. We show it on video because uh, we could show all the successes, and make a bunch of dudes that have that happen to them feel like they're the only ones that happens to. Because mm-hmm. I got buddies that feel like that. So we find it important to show some of our mistakes for sure. Well, We're not perfect. And you did the uh, <clears throat> amicable thing, right? I suppose. And uh, didn't continue to hunt deer. You decided that after that that you had done your damage. I like shooting a shotgun, so it wasn't too terrible yeah. to go hunt dove and stuff like yeah, that. And pretty fun. Um, so... Tell me about your arrow setup, Tyler. My arrow setup is the same thing I shot in Nebraska, which killed a deer real quick and real dead. Mm-hmm. Where'd you hit that deer? That deer, right behind the shoulder, mm-hmm. right where you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, double lunged. Um, if you haven't watched that buck truck episode, the first one in Nebraska, that is a big old expandable and a 500 grain arrow. Mm-hmm. So plenty of Which heavy. is um, fairly heavy to an average archer's mm-hmm. standards. Now, to me, that's lighter than what I shoot, but anything yeah. like that is, is probably but you shot, you shot a 
545 grain arrow with a two blade. Yeah. And it didn't also didn't Absolutely. penetrate, right? The point of this is is that shoot what you're comfortable with, right? Yeah. I have gotten to where I really do like a big expandable, especially one that's well built. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see in that video that one breaks. Yep. Dude, I've had it's, fixed uh, blades break. That's exactly right. And you know what else, man? The whole point is if you hit a deer where you're supposed to, it's going to die. That's right. And the expandable does help you sometimes when you marginally hit a deer. If you, I, I have paper cut deer with little fixed blades through the liver and not found them mm-hmm. because it just takes forever. My Kansas 2020 buck is an example. Is I found the deer, but they just don't was, bleed very much. They don't. They don't have a big hole. No, they you don't. Know? You hit a deer in the liver with an expandable, you're going to find him in an hour. Yeah, I mean it's as deadly as anything else. Now, I'm not. I'm not advocating the liver shot, but I, what I am saying is when you do it, you feel good about it. Dude. And go yeah, ahead. well, it's and the expandable for me helps me make better shots because. We've talked about it before, but my thumb situation, yeah. I, I just have, I have to work. Not to mention, you can see in the GoPro footage of me shooting, if you go to our Instagram, you can see this, the GoPro footage of me shooting. Uh, when I shoot, I almost look like I'm falling. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's me holding holding myself to the tree the right way, right? Mm-hmm. And certainly torquing the bow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and at, it's 10, at 10 yards, not going to do anything different probably. But at 30, mm-hmm. it makes a difference, yeah. you know? For sure. So, so there's... There, there's there's give no, and take with all of it, man. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly right, man. There's no, like, if you want to make archery a thing that there's no, like, variability of lethality, then you just start rifle hunting at that sure, point. Sure, sure, you know, absolutely. Like, that's like the whole point. It's why there's more tags for archery, this and the other. Do you feel, does it make you feel good to do that to that deer? Absolutely not. Exactly. I was talking about it this morning. <laughs> I literally uh, had, like, an anxiety not anxiety, a uh, adrenaline like rush when the deer's coming in. Cause I'm like, I'm fixing to kill a big old eight point. Just made the plan like mm. I was supposed to, you know, it's done deal. He's coming right to me close. And then I go from that to like, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that deer is not going to die. Mm. And it, 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 you, you know what I'm talking about if you've been there, but it made me feel legitimately made me feel like I was going to throw up mm. and, and nauseous. And I like lean on the tree and I'm just like, I can't believe it, dude. It did not make me feel good for for the purposes of trying to, you know, kill a deer and for the purposes of trying to do it for video and for the purposes of, you know, wounding what I think is the coolest animal on the planet probably, mm-hmm. you know. And so it just it doesn't feel good all around, man. Since then, have you adjusted your setup? I've shot some different setups, but not really at animals. Not for deer. You no. shot a light arrow thing to, for like. I was going to do it for turkey. Yeah, for turkey, and we ended up not archer hunting for turkey. Yeah, but but I mean, I still have the same setup, and and I and I that was early in the season. I still kept shooting mm-hmm. the same setup. Yeah, how many more deer did you kill? I killed uh, a buck and, and a doe. doe, and then another buck in in the new year. Sure enough. Yep. Yep. And so, a Neil guy. Yeah. A Neil guy. Which, by the way, Joe Rogan says you can't kill with a bow. So, yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a thing, right? With and, a mechanical. The mm-hmm. biggest one I could find. That's right. So, um, all that to say, it's still very lethal. And you're going to have some give and take. And you're a good shot. And Sometimes. you messed it up. I did, dude. I did. And that's the way it goes, man. Yep, it is. And and uh, I, I would absolutely... Dude, if somebody's out there shooting iron wheels, which is what everybody 
tends to think you know is the best or whatever, then I'm do it. Yeah, they're made good. They kill things, dude. Dude, if Bill made a mechanical, I'd shoot the thing for sure. Who's the guy <laughs> that? Who's the guy that shot? Um, shot like bears with blowgun needles and killed them. Tim Wells. Yeah, yeah, dude. Mm. If you hit them in the right spot, they die. That's right. That's what it's all about. It is. Hit the right spot. Yeah. So, anyway, you uh, you had a uh, pretty good long hunt again and got to learn a lot. I tend to have long hunts. and uh, I'm, I'm the second guy to shoot a deer almost no, exclusively. No, you're not. No, I don't you're mind not. that. Uh, I am. Think about it. I, I'm, I can't spoil stuff right now. So, there's some trips. There's some okay, trips. so... Um, Yes, from there on, you became my scouting buddy. Uh, I, Tyler would drop me off and go look at stuff, and I would go hunting, and not a lot of seeing. And you did see some deer. Food was the ticket. Corn was the ticket. Yeah. As weird as that was. This is another, can I make a point real quick? Yeah. I got indigestion. I'd love for you to talk more. Bed to food <laughs> maybe works better in a drought situation, I feel like. Because they have to travel further? They can't browse well, around? More that there's not just a ton of food on the lab- mm-hmm. landscape, and they they need some food, mm-hmm. and they're going to go there earlier and possibly stay later. Poss- possibly stay later, and possibly mm-hmm. yeah, possibly stay right later, right? Mm-hmm. As we find out, mm-hmm. yeah. So I uh, y'all gonna get a little bit of insight into some of the stuff that does make the video, but we found some deer on a morning um, that were eaten in a cornfield. Still, I stalked in and never got a good shot. At one of those bucks, I tried, and it was it was a stupid thing. But um, and then on the way out from that big old loop, uh, ended up bumping some deer that were coming back to bed, and I take a shot at one of those deer, and it's a far shot. I, I miss a shot over him, uh, but then figure out like, hey, this is the spot to be because these deer are sticking pretty close to the food actually, but there's good cover here, and I went back in the <clears> next morning. And set up in a tree and just did the thing, like the textbook deer hunting thing to do. You yeah. know, go back to a, a bedding area. And it was cold that morning, too. It was. It was a good cold front, good helped. brisk wind. Well, mm-hmm. the wind actually helped it a lot with getting the shot off because I was in a pretty exposed tree. But it's so windy. I mean, I could have done a jumping jack. I, I mean, love those days, I love dude. it, too. If the deer are moving and it's windy, oh, mm-hmm. it's the best. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, I think back to your Illinois buck. Um about Crispy. a windy day, yeah. <laughs> it's cool whenever you get that wind. But oh, you're talking about uh, 2020 Illinois buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, windy day. Yeah, still got seen. But who? <laughs> 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 uh, I was probably did. gonna get uh, seen either way. But, yeah, but yeah. Uh, a deer died, so it, yep. it worked. Um, but uh, had a really nice, uh, what I call a representative of the species, a representative of the area. So not a booner. In the video, I call him a medium buck. Mm-hmm. He's not a giant, but he's not a tiny. He's not doe-necked. He just looks really, really good. Really pretty. Um, and this deer... Do you know what else he is? Really tasty. I, don't, I can't give it away. Sorry. <laughs> well, buck, bucks are from bucks that area. Are, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's right. right. Um, and um, so this deer comes down the hill from food and stops about every two steps and eats leaves off the plum bushes the whole way down. And I get to watch the steer <coughs> for like 10 minutes probably. And, you know, like it's a good build up. You know, like, oh, he's getting closer. He's getting closer. And I do the thing where I pick up my bow and I go to draw. And then he stops walking. So I 
I bring it down. Mm-hmm. I do it like three different times. And finally, the deer comes out into a good broad opening and stops on his own. And I draw my boat. And that's whenever you get on YouTube and go watch Buck Truck. How far was he when you drew? I think he's like 40, 41. And he took a couple steps in. So if you, like, if you were saying the closest he ever got before you shot, probably 35? 37. 37. 37 yards. Is yeah. I, I had my pin set on 38. I only know this because uh, we just watched the video not long ago. But um, I had a pin set on 38, and he got to 37. I ranged a gap that pretty, I – Pretty far <laughs> shot for a lot of guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean um, you're, for you, it's not too big a deal because yeah. you're a good shot, man. Well, I practice a lot, and it's, uh, it's not something I really care about. And you know what? If you really care about it and you're still not a good shot, that doesn't mean that um, you, no, don't, you don't care. that's right. But, that's right. Uh, Thanks, man. I appreciate the compliment. Um, I like I like shooting bows. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Me too. yep. So, anyways, go check out Buck Truck if you hadn't, yeah. guys. It's pretty cool. Um, this is a really fun episode. It gets to really, man. Eric and Michael and Greg were they were getting it at this point in time mm-hmm. as far as like documenting stuff. The footage yeah. of the deer that I happened to encounter there is good. Here's the, the footage deals. of they, your deer. Yeah, they they did a great job and. They, Michael's footage of Tony is great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they get better and better as as the buck truck goes on. Absolutely, you know. And uh, Tony took to mention Tony had a very close call with a really nice buck, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't he didn't get a shot on this trip. Um, but um, he's a heck of a hunter, and I'm glad to know him and call him a friend. Um, but yes, go subscribe to the Meteor. Um, youtube channel and uh <laughs> you can see all the buck trucks as they come out also subscribe to this podcast while you're here hey how mm-hmm. about that yeah and uh <laughs> make sure that you're getting some of these uh <laughs> another thing we mentioned that there were several guys on this trip right mm-hmm. not all of them were cameramen there mm-hmm. were some guys filming uh that were doing uh element stuff and the one hth hunter dickens who has been on the channel quite a bit over the last few years killing some stuff uh, and we talked about killing in 2021 with the liver, straight up and down, mm-hmm. straight left and right shot. He shot a really big mm-hmm. South Dakota buck Absolutely. on public land, and it is on our YouTube channel, the mm-hmm. Element YouTube channel. That so deer probably books, don't you think? I would say, I mean, he's he's at least a 180, you know. <laughs> so. I mean, the other book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he might. He might, man, uh, for sure. He's a great, great buck. Yeah, uh, beautiful I mean, deer. And the footage is primo. Speaking of camera guys getting good, Eric nailed it. And there, this buck comes out, and he has these cattail uh, fluffies all over his back. And it's and the sun's, like, shining through them. It is so cool, It's dude. cool, man. It's awesome. It is so cool. It's a cool place to go. Really hard. Um, but, uh, you know, there's yeah. a lot of deer across the country. Um, one of the things we do with Buck Truck is, and this is how we've always been, man. We just want to inspire people to get out and hunt try hard and you'll learn a lot and have a lot of fun so don't feel like you got to travel all around the country to go hunt deer uh you know there's probably something close to the house or closer to the house or whatever you can go explore and find some pretty wild country there's about near right. wild everywhere you go if you, if right. you look for it so um yep go and uh, check that stuff out um more buck truck coming they usually always come out on tuesday at high noon if you're in the central time zone mm-hmm. and you can do the math the other direction if you uh happen to be outside of that and uh We'd really appreciate it if y'all watch, of course. And then comments are always helpful, too. Um, we uh, like to um, see, uh, you know, that you enjoy stuff. 
We like uh, feedback, commentary, as long as you keep it clean and nice, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. uh, we, that's one of the reasons that uh, we say that's because we put ourselves out there a lot. You know, it's uh, hard for Tyler um, to um, show that he just, you know, hit a deer bad. But not that, like, you wanted to hide it. It's not what I mean when I say hard, but, you know, it's not something that you enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. It's not – People know. People – have been hiding that stuff for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's it's not it's it's a new cultural phenomenon that people would show like that they mm-hmm. don't kill deer, you mm-hmm. know, and they made a bad shot. Yeah. So But anyways, anyways. remember this year element. Living it. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide, a veteran-founded business. It's dedicated to producing American-made cleaning chemicals and also dedicated to creating American jobs. And that commitment is embodied in every product that's bottled, labeled, and shipped from their Arvada, Colorado facility. Safe for all firearm types and surfaces. Embrace the power of American ingenuity and protect your firearms with the best. Visit RiptideArmory.com. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels it can also generate income in both the near and long term like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across america enough dreaming about it land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space 